If you say, I want to become a millionaire and you're not going to succeed until you become a millionaire, that means that your threshold for saying, I accomplished something is 20 years off, 10 years off, five years off. No one's going to do that. But if you can orient your life that you're always feeling like you're making progress, so at the end of the day, you look back and you say, look how far I came. You start to recognize that progress is the essence of fulfillment. Rabbi Shmuel Reichman, thank you so much for joining me on the Let's Talk Business podcast. Pleasure is all mine. Good to be here. Yeah. So we got connected through LinkedIn. And then obviously I was following some of the stuff that you you wrote and, and you're actually passionate about. And I figured that it's time we should have you on the show. A little bit about your background. I see that you're, you go by a rabbi, you're a social media influencer, bestseller author, you have programs, coaching, musician, a lot of different hats, as you say. Tell us a little bit about the background, everything you've been doing up until today and what brought you to to doing those programs that you're currently doing. I'll give you the short version. The short version is that I never in a million years thought I'd be doing what I'm doing today. Uh And when I was around 17 years old, my life kind of fell apart. And I had one of those near-death experiences where you kind of question why you even exist in the first place and what you're doing with your life. So most people without getting into the drama of what a near-death experience is like when you're 17 years old, most people don't live a very conscious, thought-out, driven, passionate, goal-oriented life when they're younger. And very few people get the chance to really give themselves permission to do that. And most people, when they're like 50 years old, they start questioning, like, what have I done with my life? Why am I here? Mm -hmm. So I was given the biggest gift of when I was just a teenager, going through these questions every single day of basically saying, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be in this world. What am I doing with the life I've been given? And at the time, the initial vision was really in the realm of mission, purpose, philosophy, psychology, religion, delving into Torah, delving into the realm of trying to live a meaningful, purposeful life. And I started to ask every CEO, every speaker, every person who was making a difference in the world, like, what advice would you give me? Like, I'm really focused right now in the realm of content and ideas and wisdom. What would you recommend if I wanted to do this long term? If I wanted to devote my life to having the biggest impact I could possibly have? Almost every single person in the business world, the entrepreneur world, the speaker world, the corporate world, the influence world, the Torah world, the rabbinic world, everyone said the same thing. If you really want to do this well, you're going to have to become financially independent. You're going to have to figure out how to finance it because what ends up happening is a lot of people, they're inspired, especially in the realm of content and ideas and spiritual wisdom and content like that. They want to make an impact, but they have no way of supporting it. So what do you do? You essentially either find someone else to support it or you struggle. And if you find someone else to support it, what ends up happening, not in like a pessimistic or corruptive type of way, is that the people who support you control you in a very, very practical way. If you really want to do something with your life, you have to figure out how to support it yourself. So that was the last thing I wanted to hear because the only thing I wanted to do was sit and think and write and speak and teach and deal in the world of content and ideas and Torah and wisdom. 
but I kind of said, you know, if I'm doing this long-term, I'm young enough, I can figure this out. So I obviously have devoted my life to the world of ideas and wisdom and Torah and content and things like that. But I immerse myself in the world of impact, the world of influence, the world of business, the world of how to master the art of blending two different worlds. Because a lot of people, they either go into the world of making money. And if you go into the world of making money, you're lacking the meaning, the purpose, the inspiration, the spirituality, or they go into the world of truth, of meaning, of purpose, of growth. And then they're struggling in the financial sector. But if you can blend those two, initially I did it for a very practical purpose, which is just to support the vision, the mission, the impact I wanted to have. But then you start to realize that almost everyone's struggling with this, where if they're going for financial success, like how's your marriage? How's your physical health? How's your self-awareness? How's your intellectual expansion? Like, where are you in life? And if you're really growing in life, like, why should you have to struggle financially? Why should you have to struggle paying the bills? So you start to realize that a lot of people struggle in the same, the same question. And it became really fascinating to me because a big part of my mission is helping people synthesize these two different worlds. Because like if you think about the nature of financial success, the nature of financial success is if you can become great at something, if you can actualize your potential, if you can figure out how to become valuable and add tremendous value to people's lives, you can make a great living. Sure. So then you start to see the intersection between personal development, actualizing your potential, the, the realm of wisdom and ideas and spiritual consciousness and the whole world of business and entrepreneurship and why there's such a thirst in that world for growth and self-development. It's because the two are fundamentally linked. So it led me on a very interesting path. And it's like, I wear many different hats. This, the mission's simple. The mission is to become all that I can be and help everyone else in the world do the same. How that manifests is very interesting and how I show up, like if I'm speaking, if I'm giving a shear, or if I'm giving a tour lecture, you know, it's very clearly Rabbi Shmuel Reisman. I was speaking in the corporate world, in the business world. Sometimes it's Rabbi Shmuel Reisman because, you know, people really appreciate the blind, but sometimes it's Shmuel. Sometimes, you know, I, I don't really go by Samuel, but like when I'm, you know, if I'm getting a coffee at a store, it's easier to say Samuel than Shmuel. But uh, when it comes to the mission, the mission is really to blend a lot of different worlds, a lot of different ideas, and to help people live a life of truth, meaning, and purpose, but also figure out how to figure out the ideal way to also not only be financially stable, but financially flourish by truly figuring out how to add as much value to the world mm -hmm. as possible. This is amazing. And I, I want to dive deeper on a couple of things, a couple of points you mentioned, but first on the full premise, and I think it's such an important topic and unfortunately not spoken enough or not even thought enough where People think, young entrepreneurs think that you need to give up everything for one thing, so to speak. So if what you need to do in your business is, okay, I'm la launching my business and I have to make money, so to speak. I'll put everything aside. Let me do this fully. When I will be ready, I'll go back to the others. 
it's something that I've shared many times on the podcast just to mention it for, for the public and people know that they could reach out to me in, for a free download of it. It's, I call it the four wheels of a, of a car. Uh, life has four wheels. We have um, spiritual goals, financial goals, um, health goals, and family goals. And if you're going to be focusing on, on blowing up one of those tires and neglect the rest of them, regardless how well this is blown up, you're going to stop riding at one point because mm -hmm. one of the tires will go will, will go flat. So the point I'm trying to make is that I believe in the same premise that you need to live a blended life because if you don't live a blended life, you at one point, one of those things will catch up on you. And it's very important. I guess I want to dive in a little bit deeper to this conversation because it's near and dear to my heart. I want to tackle it from two different angles. So if you could, first of all, on, on personal development, and I think I want you to speak about, because a lot of people on this show are business owners or very much in, immersed in the business world. So they're C-level executives and so on and so forth. And a lot of times when we speak about personal development, they say, what does this have to do with my business? You know, this is personal and this is my business. And I want you to speak on that topic, how important personal development is to build your company, so to speak. That's first. And second of all is I want to dive deeper into the conversation about personal development as a whole, how you look at it with some practical advice on that as well. So I guess I'll start out with the balance then, because there's no question that balance is the name of the game for long-term growth, especially if you're trying to build a holistic type of life. Like, well, let's kind of build a spectrum of life. Like you have your spiritual self, you have your intellectual growth, your emotional well-being, you have your physical health, you have your relationships, you have your role in the world. So in terms of how you're making a living, you have your financial stability and financial growth. So there's so many different components in life. And a lot of people, they choose one or two and they focus on that and they go all, it's like, if you're making millions of dollars a year, how's your marriage? Right? If your marriage is great, how's your health? Your health is great you know, how much are you learning? How much are you growing? If you're, you know, reading and learning intellectually, how self-aware are you? It's like a lot of people, the reason why they choose one or two is because it's really, really hard to live a life where you're growing in all dimensions. So you allow some to kind of fall by the wayside and you become really good at one or two things. Mm -hmm. And is that people who are obsessed, they have a couple of years of exponential growth, but they usually fall apart. They yeah. burn out, they disappear, and elongated success is rare because it requires a balance that can be maintained long-term. And if someone's making millions of dollars because they're so good at one thing, that's amazing. But if they only are good at one thing, it's not going to maintain. You're going to fall off the grid. And I've seen this countless times. And you see this, and it's just like, if you study success, you study leadership, there's a reason why, like, every success story is basically the same. You know, three to four years of absolute immersion, focus, developmental growth, changing themselves, changing the world, finally getting the reward for their efforts, and they go and they explode, and then they tank, right? Mm -hmm. they cheat on their wife, they go on drugs, they get drunk, they, like, they just disappear because an imbalanced life will only last so long. So what ends up happening is that if you don't figure out a system so that you can do this forever, you're going to either not do it or you do it and tank. And the key now is what does self-development have to do with business? So first of all, self-development 
is not this kind of fluffy heebie-jeebie, grow, 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 become better. It's like the essence of life is expansion. It's getting better. It's stress that results in progress. So the way that you build your muscle is you acquire stress, usually external stress that rips the muscle fiber, then the muscle grows back stronger than before. It's the same thing for emotional stress, right? Your emotional growth requires you to be put out of your comfort zone in uncomfortable situations where you can expand your skill set. Same thing for intellectual growth. Same thing for financial growth. You need to be put into situations where you are pushing the limits, getting out of your comfort zone, figuring out how to take your leadership skills, your discipline skills, your confidence skills. It's like, what is the recipe for success in the world? The recipe is very simple. Figure out who you are. So you have to understand who you are. Not, it's like, without getting into the Torah and spiritual aspects of this, greatness is not this objective. Like when it comes to the NBA, you have to be objectively the best in the world to make it to you know the NBA. Same thing for a lot of aspects. If you are the most growth-oriented, just you, you have all the best intentions and you want to be the best doctor in the world, but everyone dies on your operating table, right? You're not going to get a job. It's just not how it works. But when it comes to the, the real sense of greatness in life, it's like you want to figure out who you are. You want to figure out how you think how you learn, how you process, what you're good at, what you're not good at, what comes naturally, what you struggle with, you know, what are your talents and what skills can you develop? Where are you weak? Do you have a level of confidence that allows you to pitch anything, to go out of your comfort zone, to strive, to build, to try new things? Are you afraid of failure? Are you skilled interpersonally? Are you more mathematically oriented? Are you good with data? So the first step is figuring out who you are. The second step is figuring out who you want to be, which is a real question. It's like, what's your vision? So what's your vision? You know, business in general has a vision, but the people in the business should also have a vision. It's like, where do you want to be in this business or in general in 5, 10, 20 years? What are you trying to build with your life? Because once you have a vision, like this is where self-development comes up. Like a lot of people, they, like there's basically two classic models of going kind of into the world. One is you go to school, you get a degree, you show people you have a certificate that says, I can show up to class. I can do the work when people give me the work. I'm responsible, which really is a way of saying, I'm gonna be a good employee. And then you can get a job, right? That's one model. The other model is that I'm not really a school type of person. I'll network, I'll figure out who I know, who knows someone. I'll get into the world, get into the business world. I'll just kind of figure out how to become good enough at whatever job I'm given so I can move up to life. So most people are just reactive people that are walking into a system. The other model of life is where you have a real vision for who you want to become and what you want to accomplish. And then you, create the type of environment externally and internally so that everything in your life is helping you get towards your vision. And like in business, that's simple, but in life, it's not as simple because business is one part of life. And that's why you think about like spiritually, intellectually, emotionally, physically, my relationships, my community, financially, what I want to do with the money that I get, what do I want my life to be about? And the people that really are, are extraordinarily successful in life are the people who have a vision 
because most people, their vision is basically what I'm doing until lunchtime. You know, it's like, how am I getting through the day? And I'm just going to, you know, hope that I get that raise because I've been in the system long enough. But when you have a vision for your life, it's like, then you're reading, you're thinking, you're expanding, you're developing your skill set. you're going to the gym, you're building a marriage, you're investing, you're investing financially, also investing in your future, in your kids, and you're living a life where you're really pushing on all fronts, but because you're trying to get somewhere. And you don't go home and say, how do I get to the end of the night so I can wake up tomorrow? How do I waste away my night so I can get to tomorrow? You say, every spare minute that I have, how can I utilize that to become the type of person who's capable of accomplishing the things I want to accomplish in life, the business I want to build, the product I want to serve, the vision I have for myself, and also the vision I have for other people. And then self-development becomes the be-all and end-all of getting to where I want to get to become who I want to become to accomplish what I want to accomplish. And that's where it becomes not this fluffy side agenda where like business is one thing and making money is one thing and self-development is this like nice thing to live a, a happy type of life. But everyone you look up to, the only thing that they think about when it comes to life is how do I improve? How do I become more? How do I understand who I am, why I am, where I am in life and take that to the next level? So- mm -hmm. Before, before, if I can interject, I want to make two points on what you just said. I think it's it's very valuable, and I think our listeners should just pay attention to the way you say you say it. And of course, I, I'm going to get to the question about how a person goes about this exercise, so to speak. I want to just interject with two points. One is you mentioned before about a lot of people taking one dimension and going all out and very focused, and then all of a sudden it has the a negative effect on the the rest of their life. And I think, and if I could just, you know, share my perspective on this is because when a problem is easy to fix, you could take incremental steps to fix it. And you're going to see the momentum a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And like, same as like with a habit, you have a bad habit. It's not as bad as, you know, it could be. You catch it in the right time. You could start making small changes and all of a sudden the habit goes away and it changes. When you have those four areas of life and you make smaller changes across all the four aspects of life, then as much as it's it's hard, all of them are hard, but because you're only making small changes to each one, it's manageable. And you could demand that from yourself as personal development. If you only focus on one dimension and you neglect three of them, all of a sudden, by the time you get to one of those remaining ones, the problem was way bigger. And now you're lost. And you don't even know how to start. So that's just my observation from mm -hmm. people that I work with on personal development. So I wanted to mention it for our audience to understand why we don't say focus on one, fix it, or become better and develop it and then go to the next. It, the reason is because the work you have to put into development, each each part of your life becomes way, way harder if you neglected it for a long period of time. The second part of which I want to get to is, and I want to just, because I want it to be very practical for our listeners, you know. People understand the importance of personal development. People understand, sometimes they wake up, they're just not happy with themselves. They know they're not the best version of themselves. They know they could be better. And I think what you mentioned before is, is so valuable, and I want to make sure that our listeners paid attention to it, is when you are successful in business, part of how to measure success is 
what will an outside influencer say about my success in my company? Oh, we made this Fortune 500 list, whatever it is, or we gave this large donation of for this organization, whatever it is. The same is with like an athlete. So their success, the market will say if they're successful or not. Were they able to get a job? Were they able to, to renew a contract? Were they able to win the game? Whatever it is. We forget that success in our, our personal life could be between you and your you yourself and the and, and, and the closed four doors, you know, the four worlds. Meaning to say that nobody else has to approve with your personal development other than yourself. Mm-hmm. Unless you have an outside, a spouse or a family member that says, you know, you got to work on yourself because we can't be around you. So then they could say, you know, where are you becoming? Are you better at this issue or whatever it is or a therapist? But in general, we're talking about a healthy person working on personal development. Nobody actually tells you that, hey, you're improving. And nobody has to validate if these improvements is the focus of where you want to be. So I guess my question to you is, as, a, as somebody that's teaching this on, on, a, on a larger scale, there's so many people that wake up in the morning, I wish I could be better, a better version of myself. And they're confused with themselves. With what do I want to be? What's my vision? They don't even know their own strengths and weaknesses in a sense to say, you know what, let me utilize some of my strengths to make my life better, make the people around me better, make my, you know, every, utilize my life to its fullest potential. Where does this start? What is the thought process a person has to go through in order to really understand where they could get, with, like what are their potentials are? That's a great question. And there are a couple of stages because like everyone is their own universe. Like everyone's at their own stage in this process. So there are people who genuinely don't know what they want. Like they don't know who they are. Like they wake up every single day saying, I wish I could live the life I know I'm supposed to live, but they don't even know what that is. But then there are lots of people who do know what that is, but there's something holding them back. Like they're waiting exactly. for their kids to move out. They're waiting for their debt to kind of disappear. They're waiting for it to be the right time. They're scared of feeling. They're scared of what people will think. They don't have the accountability. They don't have the drive. There's a million reasons why people don't do it. So the first is to locate what's holding you back. Like for some people, they don't know who they are. They don't know why they do what they do. And it's like, a lot of people spend their whole lives trying to be good enough for other people, trying to get other people to like them, trying to be accepted, trying to be, so to speak, the version of themselves that they think other people want them to become. But they don't even know who they are. And if you really think about it, it's like you spend your entire life with you. So if you don't like yourself, you're going to have a miserable life, right? If you take back control over liking yourself, which is like, Think about it like this. A lot of people, they want people to like them because they think if other people like them, they'll like themselves. But then they end up becoming fake because you're living your whole life just trying to be good enough for other people. If you take back control and say, like, why am I here? Like, who am I actually supposed to be? What am I actually trying to do with my life? Then you start asking the right questions. So the best starting point is you have to get to know yourself. You have to know your strengths. You have to know your weaknesses. You have to know what drives you, what you want. You have to know what you don't want. You have to know what it is that makes you you. And you also have to get a real clear sense of your identity of like, what do you stand for? What are you trying to build with your life? And it like, what do you want to accomplish with your life? Are you wanting to just build an amazing family? Do you want to support your community? Do you want to build an incredible business that changes the world in this specific sector? Do you want to add tremendous value in this? You have to figure out 
who you are because the expression of who you are is your mission in life. It's your purpose. For someone who is obsessed and loves A, like 99 out of 100 times, that's going to be the thing that lights you on fire. That really, it's like, what would you do if you didn't need to make money? And that's the type of thing you can be immersed in. It's the type of thing you can get great at. It's the type of thing that you love to do. And a lot of people, they don't know that because they don't give themselves permission to explore. So the first thing is self-awareness, self-discovery, understanding what drives you, what you're good at, what you want to do. And it's like the best career possible is doing something that you love, something that you're good at, something that adds value to other people and something that you can get paid for, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people, they have one or two of those, right? I'm really good at this. I hate it. Or I, I, I love it, but I can't make any money doing it. It's not true. It's just that you haven't figured out how to make money. Anything in the world, if you become good enough at it, you can make an incredible living. And I'll, you know, I'll go through all the examples, but like literally, you know, plumbing. It's like, how can I make a great living by being a plumber? You become the best plumber. You build a plumbing company, you make millions of dollars a year, right? Music is hard. Art is hard because it's such a competitive industry because to monetize talent, to monetize creativity is almost impossible because everyone wants to do it. But if you get good enough doing it, you can make a living. It's like, I haven't worked a day in my entire life. I've never had a job. I've never, ever, like, I don't do things I don't want to do because I went all in to doing what I actually wanted to do. And it's like, I see people who hate what they do, but it's like, why aren't you spending every minute that you have that you can developing yourself to become the type of person who's capable of getting the type of job that you actually want? And then you have the next excuse. I'm scared I'm going to fail. I'm scared of what people will think. I don't have the confidence. I don't have the discipline. So that's why a lot of people need coaching. They need consulting. They need someone outside. So it's like in football, in baseball, in basketball, in sports, coaching is a very understood concept. It's like someone outside of you is going to push you to become the person that you already want to become. In business, in entrepreneurship and you know professional development it's the same thing it's like there are some people who are self-motivated and once you have self-motivation you're golden right you're going to show up every single day push as hard as you can figure out every possible way to give your all every single day and you're going to rise forever because you love the process but for people who are stuck who have literally just stagnated or have been in the same place for the past five, 10, 20 years. And by the way, the, the problem is that even if you're stagnating on a fundamental level, you could still be moving up just because you're doing time, right? You're basically, you're, you've been in the company long enough that they cannot but just move you up the ladder, but you're not building your leadership skills. You have no personal vision. You're not contributing more. You're not doing more. So once self-development becomes the foundation for the muscle building of financial experiential, personal, and I would say the contributing and impactful part of your life, you start to realize that the only way that you're going to get different results in life is if you evolve, right? If you do what you've always done, you're going to get what you've always gotten, right? Insanity is doing the same thing time and time again, expecting different results, which is not going to happen. So if you become, it's like everyone looks at people doing the things they want to do, and they have to convince themselves that those people are different 
Because otherwise they have to come face to face with a difficult truth of why am I not doing that? Like I want to, I look up to them because I'm drawn to that vision of a future that I see myself manifesting and animating. And yet I don't really give myself permission to do the work that it takes to get there because again, I'm afraid I'm going to fail. I'm afraid I'm not good enough. I'm afraid people are going to make fun of me. I'm afraid people are going to judge me. I'm afraid I'm going to do all this work and I'm going to get there and it's not going to be as good as I thought it was. Or I'm afraid I'm going to get there and I'm not going to be able to handle it. So mm-hmm. once you go, once you give yourself permission to go on the journey of becoming all that you can become, like everything changes. Everything. And but how? How, how do you overcome that fear? Obviously, that fear is real. It's not real why you have the fear, but you do have fear. So how do you overcome that? So I would say there's a couple of things. And, and this is like, it's if there was an answer to these types of questions, it's like if success is easy, everyone would do it, right? If greatness yeah. is easy, everyone would do it. So when it comes to taking the first step, there's a couple of things. Number one is recognizing a lot of fears are not real. Right? A lot of fears are in your head. It's like fear stands for false evidence appearing real. So when you're on a cliff edge, you're scared you're going to fall to your death. Like that's a rational fear, right? But a lot of fears are just the blockages we create in our heads to stop us from getting out of our comfort zone. And it is pr- protective. Like we, there is a level of discomfort and potential pushback if you try to achieve what you're trying to achieve. But a lot of it is giving yourself permission. It's making the decision. It's breaking down the lifelong vision into steps where basically if you say, I want to become a millionaire and you have $5 in your bank account, it's not only a ridiculous goal, like it's a goal you're not going to start because it seems so far off. It seems so impossible. The same thing. If you're 500 pounds and you can barely make it to the end of the block when you start jogging to say, you know, I want to run a, a triathlon, a tri- you know, it's, it's ridiculous. But if you break down your life into bite-sized goals, where it's like, I want to get there by the time I'm this age, and I, I'm going to orient the next year to getting in that direction. And this month is going to be directed towards the yearly goal. And this week is going to be directed towards this monthly goal. And this day is going to be directed towards the weekly goal. And this is what I'm doing now. You orient yourself. So number one, you have a lot of small check marks along the way, right? If you say, I want to become a millionaire and you're not going to succeed until you become a millionaire, that means that your threshold for saying I accomplished something is 20 years off, 10 years off, five years off. No one's going to do that. But if you can orient your life that you're always feeling like you're making progress. So at the end of the day, you look back and you say, look how far I came. You start to recognize that progress is the essence of fulfillment. And the only way you're going to feel good about yourself is if you're moving towards a better direction. The only way you're going to move better towards a better direction is number one, if you have a sense of where you want to go. And number two, you start building the habits. Habit building is hard. So the, you need to get started. The question is, how do you get started? And for some people, the cold turkey, they'll just start. For other people, they need accountability. So they need to tell their spouse or tell their friends so that there's someone outside of them who knows what they're trying to accomplish that's going to hold them accountable. They'll tell their boss, I'm trying to make this much by the end of the month or by the end of the quarter. Or they'll get a, a friend to essentially go with them on the journey. 
right? It's like exercising. A lot of people, they say, I'm going to get in shape. And then it comes time to exercise and they just don't feel like it. And they're sitting on yeah. the couch. But if you have an exercise partner, the reason you're going to show up to exercise is because they're waiting for you, right? You're not going to let your friend down because it's embarrassing to say, I'm going to show up to exercise and then not. So having that accountability of someone you're doing it with is essential. And you can hire someone, you can do it with your friend, you can do it with your spouse, you can do it with a family member. But the most important thing is building the mindset and building the confidence and building the identity of I'm not a loser and I'm not stagnant and I'm not average. I was born for something great. I was born for something amazing and this is who I am. And that comes from partially a decision and partially the self-awareness component of getting, like a lot of people, they don't believe in themselves. They don't believe they're worthy of going on the journey that they want. So whenever that vision comes up, there's a part in the back of their mind that says, what are you talking about? Like, that's not you. Like, you're one of those normal people who watches great people go after their dreams and strive for greatness and build incredible things and just become CEOs and entrepreneurs and world changers. But like, it's not, like you just got the wrong card. You are never going to succeed and it's not even worth trying. And where does that change? It changes partially from stepping up inside of yourself and telling that voice to be quiet. It's like everyone has that like small inner voice that says, you're not good enough. You're never going to be good enough. You never were good enough. You're not special. You're not different. You're not unique. You can't do anything. Stop. Quit. Don't even try. Like, just be happy that you can pay the bills. Just be happy that you're surviving. You know, and like, yes, there's a lot to be thankful for if you can pay the bills, but we're not here to survive. We're here to fulfill our purpose. We're here to thrive. We're here to build something incredible with our lives. And the people who are doing all the things that you want to do, they believe that about themselves. And Mm -hmm. there's a very deep spiritual foundation to that as an everyone was built in the image of God and that you have something incredible within you and that your job in life is to figure out what's incredible within you. Like, what can you contribute to the world? And the only way to contribute it is to manifest it within yourself first. Like everyone who gets paid on the public front is being paid for the years and years and years of work that they did in private when no one saw. The years and years and years of working day after day towards a goal. And the only reason they did that was because number one, they believed that they were going to achieve their goal. And number two, they believed they were worthy of going on the journey towards achieving their goal. This is not fluffy stuff. This is not the, you know, inspirational, you can be the best you can be. Like This is the essence of hardcore success. If you don't have the identity and the core belief system and the mindset it's impenetrable. And no matter what comes in your way, you're going to push forward. You're not going to make it. The only way to make it is to figure out how to start. The only way to start is to build that mindset. The only way to build that mindset is to really spend time with yourself and overcome those limiting beliefs and build that existential stamina that you're going to need to go the long term Mm -hmm. and Everyone has to figure out how to do that. For some people, it's really just a question of reading and thinking, immersing yourself in the right types of content, finding mentors. Nowadays, there's infinite free content on the internet. For other people, you need to find a real mentor, someone who you can talk to, someone who is going to guide you, answer your questions, push you, and really help you build it. And for other people, they just need to build the right relationships with the right people. 
and start surrounding themselves with positive people. A lot of people, you come up with an amazing idea and there's like 25 people that will immediately tell you why that's the worst idea in the world. And the people will shut you down. And if you're not surrounding yourself with the right people, you're never going to go anywhere because that environment is just recreating your own internal environment. You're going to mirror what's being put inside of your head. So yeah, I just want to uh, share, like we're now close to Rosh Hashanah, which is the obviously the Jewish start start of the year. So it's it's very timely, the, this episode, because as we look at the, the year that passed and the year we're going into, understanding who you want to be and what you want to achieve in the next year from yourself on a personal development side is, is so important. And I do I do want to I do want to share like a lot of people see success by others and they forget that, you know, every overnight success is years in the making. Yeah, you know, sometimes we, like, I'm not talking about just success, somebody that struck a rich or um, was very successful in the business. But let's say sometimes you look at a person, say, you know, that person made a 360 degree. Like I remember him as a young child. Look what he made with his life. Look how what type of family person he is. Look what the, type of family he set up with his spouse and so on and so forth. And little did you know that these were daily struggles and grinds and focus and those, you know, those different things that that person put into their life where you're totally capable of doing. As you mentioned, sometimes you could do it on your own. Sometimes you need an accountability partner, coach, advisor, a mentor, so to speak. But I do want to add another thing is what we that 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 people don't realize that if you make, as you mentioned before, the yearly goals, and then there's the monthly goals, and then there's the weekly goals, and then there's the daily goals, and there's what I'm doing now towards that, you don't realize if you have those micro wins and you actually are able to achieve that, and like you mentioned before, check it off, that momentum is stronger than any type of outside influence to say, you're great, go on, just continue going, continue going, which means is you as a person, if you could overcome, you know, I've seen it, I've been coaching, obviously, here and there, a lot of people throughout the years, when a person has a bad habit or something they want to really pull away from. And I say, you know what, let's do a 30 day plan and literally check it off every night or send me like, sometimes for accountability, send me a message every night that was done or going to be done, whatever it is. That momentum comes after day 10, after day 11, that says, I'm good. I'm good on my own because we're talking about healthy people. We're not talking about a person that just can't collect themselves and they're all over the place. Sometimes we're talking about very, not sometimes, most of the time we're speaking in the, on this episode, on this show, we're speaking to normal, healthy people. We just want they should be better and better a version of themselves, which means bring out the best of what you already have. We're not asking you to do miracles with yourself. We're talking about just having that reflection point and understanding what you want to do and where do you want to add value to yourself in the next couple of months and then create those goals for yourself and then ultimately the activity goals. What will I start doing differently and ultimately achieve that success? Because we never have, we, we, some, most of us get stuck in the outcome. We want this as the outcome. You don't control the outcome. The, the outcome can only come if you do the activities. And that's so many people forget because we want to do easy way out. Like mm-hmm. we want to, you know, sometimes you want to win the lottery without even buying the lottery. You know what I mean? Like, okay. But even if you buy the lottery, okay, it's an easy one. But if you want to have the outcome of winning a lottery with, in, in your family or just which means we want to be, we're rich because we are happy and healthy with the life we have. Yeah. That comes with rewiring ourselves. That comes with self-awareness. That comes to how to look at positive parts in life and so on and so forth. So, so I very much appreciate you know, the timeliness of this episode, because 
I think if there's one person of the show which are, is already thinking of ideas, how they could go through this exercise, it's worth, I, I don't know where I'm up to, 160, 170 episodes. I think it's worth the whole effort that we put in because that person could go on to change their life. Then they could change. Then they could change the family's life, and then their neighbors, and then the community, and then the world. And even if we don't have this ambitious goals of okay, I'm not that capable of changing the world, but your world, you for sure are in control. And this is you as a part of being part of the world. So I very much appreciate uh, what you mentioned. I guess where because we're getting late on time, where I wanted to finish this part of the conversation is how much this is speaking you know men to women women to men as far as their own people that are married obviously this is every person could work in a personal development but let's say somebody has a family and they want to start making changes in the family how much of it would you coach and you advise people they start doing on their own versus bringing their family along with the journey so to speak okay discussing these conversations with their spouses to say let's together work on this or let's together work on that so to speak what do you suggest the process after the person to have, you know, when a person goes about creating their, their goals on that? So that's an amazing question. That's an amazing question. First of all, I, I agree with everything you just said. The timeliness is amazing because, you know, Rosh Hashanah is that, it's the checking in with yourself. It's the recalibrating and it's really building the vision. Like time is the biggest gift. Like if, can you imagine living for a hundred years with no concept of a year, just like living with a continuity of like, a, like just day after day after day. The fact that we have weeks, months, years, it breaks up life into that concrete finite way of building progress and without being able to, and by the way, this is the most difficult part of self-development. When it comes to financial growth, you can e easily quantify your growth. You just look at your bank account. You look at your stocks, right? You look at the charts and you basically say like, I'm making it. Same thing with physical growth, right? If you're building muscle, you look at your physical mass, it's easy. When it comes to self-awareness, when it comes to confidence, when it comes to patience, when it comes to building a harmonious life, it's very hard to quantify. So figuring out how to become self-aware enough to quantify your growth is the key. Now, when it comes to family, it's the most difficult question because there are certain things that you can control, right? You can control how you show up. You can control your work ethic, your discipline, your confidence, your self-awareness. You can't control other people. And you can never control someone's manipulation at its best. And you'll never be able to fully control anyone. It's not worth trying. And it's also just, it's not ideal in any sense. Like you don't want to control other people. You want to work with other people. But the hardest thing is that you can't always control how people respond. So let's say you want to grow, but they don't want to grow. Let's say you want to start, you know, you're like, one of the, like a lot of people I work with, work with different types of people. So I work with entrepreneurs, business owners, small business owners, solo business owners. And that's like most of the work I do. But a lot of people who are seeking to transition from their nine to five want to start something, right? They'll also reach out to me. And their biggest question is like, how do I get my wife on board? Right? How do I get my husband on board? Because like, Right now I'm paying the bills. And if I transition, yes. Right? So it's it's not easy. It's not easy. And then the best thing I say is that you can basically go cold turkey and quit. It's not responsible, especially if you have kids and you're responsible. Like if you're 25, you have no responsibility, no wife, no kids, or no husband, no kids. It's the best time to be an entrepreneur, right? Because you just learn. You know, there's no such thing as making mistakes. You learn, you grow. When you're paying the bills and you're responsible for other people, 
it just doesn't work that way. So you have to figure out how am I going to pursue my purpose, but also be responsible for other people. So a lot of people, they say like, oh, we'll do it eventually. Or I'll do it on my spare time, but nothing ends up happening. So what you want to do is you want to create like a six-month deadline where you say, I'm going to quit in six months. You spend every spare minute for the next six months building so that you're not going from 100 to zero and then from zero trying to build from 100, but you're going from 100 down to like 80 in terms of how much you're focusing on your day job. And then you're building up the transition. But a lot of people, it's hard to get your spouse on board because if you're a visionary and you're creative, a lot of times your spouse is a lot more stable, a lot more practical. And I'll be like, that's, you know, what are you talking about? Like, we just need, we need mm-hmm. to send our kids to school. She was expensive. Like, I can't do this. So it's, it's not easy. But here's what I'd recommend. Everyone's part of a, a very diverse and expansive infrastructure, right? There's a hierarchy in terms of yourself, right? You have a lot of pieces, a lot of moving pieces to yourself. You're, you have, you're self-aware, you have a consciousness, you have an intellect, you have emotions, you have a physical body. Then you move outside yourself. You have relationships, right? You're, let's say you're married. Let's say you have kids. So that's one aspect of your environment. You're part of a community. You live in a certain place. You're part of Ashkafa. You're part of a religious outlook. That's a bigger, you're part of, let's say the Jewish people. You're part of a certain community, you have a political outlook. You're part of a lot of different things. You're not going to control anything outside of yourself fully. You can barely control everything going on inside yourself. So you have to start by recognizing that the best way to start making momentum is controlling what you can control. Learning how to control your thoughts, your work ethic, your effort, your focus, and the meaning you give to things in your life. Then you want to surround yourself with the right types of people, the people who are going to bring out the best in you, partners, mentors, inspirational content, motivational content, mind-expanding content, growth-oriented content, people and ideas that will help you direct you in the right place. The biggest struggle is when you're already in the middle of your life and then you want to transition. You want to become more growth-oriented. You want to start a business. You want to take your business to the next level because it's not that simple because you have a lot of people in your life who are depending on you and who are already married to a certain version of you. Mm-hmm. the best marriage is one where you're growing together, you're thinking together, you're processing together, you're in a shared mission, you have a shared vision, and you're helping each other grow, you're constantly throwing ideas off of each other, you're constantly building an internal life together, and then contributing that to your family, to your children, to the community, to your business, to the culture, to things like that. It's not always as simple as that. So what you want to do, 99 out of 100 times, the miscommunication between spouses is that it seems like you want different things, right? Let's say someone wants to now be more ambitious, build up a business, go, you know, from, let's say a job to a business, from business to a bigger business, scale, expand, you know, become a CEO, whatever it is. And their spouse is going to pull back because they're like, I don't want to lose you. I don't want, you know, to lose that dependability, this ability. So you have to communicate that like, why are we here in this world? Like, why are we married? Like, what's the purpose of building a family? Like, we're trying to actualize our potential. We're going on a, mi- on a mission. And when that communication is very clear, then you can also answer the questions of, what about the stability? You know, I'm doing this so we have more stability. Like, what about our family? I'm doing this so I can spend more time with our family. And like, you have to actually mean that. Like a lot of people will kind of say these things and they don't really mean that. But the best possible life is where everything 
is harmoniously building towards a shared vision direction. Yeah. I, I think that what you mentioned is, is very, very on point because we also don't realize that sometimes we neglect to share because we think it's going to become harder if we share. Mm -hmm. And we don't realize that if we share and you could have another supporting person that you're pretty close by, close with because obviously you're, it's a spouse and you're there in the family, that getting the support of a spouse could make it so much easier, whatever, whatever you're working on, so to speak. And of course, if it could be something that you're working together, I think it just makes everything easier. Yeah, they uh, say never mix family and business. I say that's 100% not true. If you can mix family and business, it's the best thing in the world. The key is doing it right. But if you can, right. yeah. the spouse, the spousal one is the best one because here's the thing. Business partners come and go because it's like friends. Like friends, they come up, you build friends because of shared experiences, shared relationships. You're in a certain place, you shared values, but you're moving in different places in the world. You get married, you go and do this. It's like lifelong friends are very rare just because life is so complicated and you're going on a journey. But when you're with your spouse, like you're committing that we're going for the rest of our lives together. So the reason why businesses also sometimes fall apart in terms of partners is because you end up getting different values or different visions. You want to go in different directions. But when it comes to your spouse, like you're committing that you're always going to be together on the same mission, on the same vision, on the same path forever. So if Beautiful. your spouse is able to be any part of your mission in life financially, they are 100% trustworthy, supportive, wanting you to succeed, you know, regardless of whether you have a shared bank account or different bank accounts, it's so simple. And it was like, when I wrote my first book, like my wife edited the entire book. Like we're on this really shared nice. menu. Every Yemotze Shabbos, every Saturday night, I would write a chapter, she'd edit it. And we basically, and then she edited the whole thing again. Like we basically worked every single week to build something that we we're trying to contribute to the world. And it, it changed the quality of the work. It changed the quality of our marriage. It changed the quality of the mission. It's like, there's nothing as amazing as going on a shared mission, but it requires communication. It requires shared values. It requires both of you understanding each other's concerns and not kind of pulling away and hiding the side of you that you don't think they're going to accept, but building that channel, that bridge, so that you can build what a marriage is supposed to be, which is two individuals that maintain their individuality, but build something transcendent and unified together and then expand that into a family and then contribute to the world and your community and all the things you want to do. Let me, just so getting a little bit late on time, I think we're going close to an hour now. As far as if people want to reach out and learn more what you do, um, why, how you could help out business owners, entrepreneurs, and people in general, like where, what's the best way people can find you? So the best place is my website, shmuelreisman.com. And in terms of what I can do in terms of how I can help, so there, there's a lot of different things that I do. There's obviously the content, the lectures, there's the book, there's the self-mastery course, which is there to really help leaders become better leaders, become more self-aware, build your identity, build your confidence, build your vision, and really build the right environment. And then there's obviously the speaking component. I'd be happy to speak in your community, for your company, things like that. The coaching, I'm building a mastermind soon in terms of group coaching in the community. But for now, there's the one-on-one -on -one coaching, which is really, I would say, the unique component of the coaching program is that it's very multidimensional, right? So there's a lot of different coaches. Like if you go in the business coaching world, there's people who do, you know, marketing and then there's sales and then there's brain building and then there's mindset coaching and leadership coaching. So my coaching program is, is really all of those. 
And it's also built to be a lot more than just the coaching. Like there's basically, I would say four components of coaching. One is the therapy component of allowing the client to really open up and be understood and to share their story and like what they're trying to accomplish who they are. There's a coaching component, which is like directed questioning and really someone pushing you and helping you accomplish your goals and helping you become more self-aware, helping you target and keeping you accountable and really pushing you on and cheering you on. There's the consulting component of someone who's accomplished what you're trying to accomplish and can answer your questions, right? A lot of coaches, they haven't done anything themselves in the things that you're trying to accomplish. They're just able to kind of bring out the best of you, right? So they can't yeah. answer your questions. They can just give you questions. Got it. So, so the consultant component, then there's the mentorship element of someone who can really guide you and inspire you and kind of keep you accountable in a higher level way, as opposed to just like, I'm scared of showing up not having done the work. There's the really shared mission element of when I take on a client, like my goal is really to help them accomplish their goals at the highest level. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we'll link up um, in the show notes at www.ptechgroup.com slash podcast, where we'll put a link to your website. And obviously I encourage people to check out the content and ultimately the services you are able to offer, because this is a very important topic and there's so much you know, expansion to what we have discussed, but time flies by too quickly when you have these in-depth conversations. Let's close with the four rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Number one, a book that changed your life. It's a book that changed my life. So I'll say the universal book that changed my life was back when I was 17, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Stephen Covey, that's an all-time classic. Yeah. yeah. In terms of Torah, I would say besides for, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people who loves every area of Torah, but maybe keep it tense. Definitely nice. up my mind. Beautiful. Number two, a piece of advice you got that you'll never forget. So I would say it's back to that conversation I shared with you, which is that financial success is nothing. It really is nothing. But all money does is it allows you to do what you want to do. So money just brings out you. And back when I was trying to build my vision, the advice I got was that if you want to do this well, you need to become financially independent, but not because money is important, but because what money enables you to accomplish is very important. Number three, anything you wish you could go back and do differently? So I'm the type of person who doesn't live that way. I don't really have any regrets, but I would say to just, here's what I would say. I would say, learn more, learn more. It's something I definitely try to live by now, but it's the foundation of everything. You can always buy a new house. Time is precious and ideas are worth more than you can imagine. And last and final question, what's still in your bucket list to achieve? Bucket list to achieve is to synthesize a few different models of leadership. I would say the Rosh Yeshiva model and the classic Yeshiva system with the global impact of Jonathan Sachs with the public speaking and community building of uh, Tony Robbins, Charlie Harari type of thing like that. And then the thought leadership of Jordan Peterson and the brand building and monetization element of Bernard Burchard. Oh, wow. That's a good bucket list. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I know your time is valuable. That is why in the name of our listeners will forever be grateful for sharing some of your time with us today. It's been a blast. Pleasure is all mine and the feelings mutual. This is an actual blast. Thanks.